just a minute ago. I feel like we? we were just here. So we just here. that's yeah. why we should only do it twice a week. But of course, Saturday was an exception. Welcome to Monday Night Generational Change. I'm Peter. I'm Jen. And I just did it backwards. You've done that before. Not really. I like it. I think it could almost be like, it should be like, you want to know? I'm going to really, this is going to be happy for you. I think we should do it like The Simpsons, where every intro has something slightly different than the one before. Like, they're all slightly different. That's the one thing I do like about The Simpsons. I will give you that. The end, every time of the intro, to me, is really good. No, well, I'm just saying. Mom. Can Otto stay with us for as long as he likes? He sure can! Yeah, no, Marge. if I knew this would have transpired, I would have never said that. Homer, that's not my voice. Oh, Marge, that's what everyone says before they hear themselves on record. <laughs> How was your day today, Jen? I had one of the worst days ever today. I really did. My day was actually super productive, I have to Good. say. Good. So I guess all the positive energy ended on my side, all the negative energy ended uh, on her side. But what did I do for you, Jen? Okay, he did bring me treats. Wetzels, they're like, pretzels. They're cinnamon and sugar. Taste one. Let's All right, one. I will try one for you. But I like, like I just ate just now. I was going to digest for a bit. Mmm. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Like, it's like Auntie Anne's. And I did it because she was having a rough day. You and I will tell you that where, I was. Where were a bit, you with that? Where no, but you see, I believe, I believe in karma in the universe. And I'll explain to you why, ladies and gentlemen. When? Be- well, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> because I went. To, as I usually go to a couple of networking events, being in real estate, I try to go to a couple of a week, and I didn't get a chance to like eat. Four. So I'm like, so I'm running out of there, and I'm thinking, all right, I gotta get something. I gotta get something to eat. And but I, I kept thinking, you would go there though. Well, no, but I just I happened to see, it, and I thought, you know what, Jen would really appreciate this, <laughs> and she would appreciate it because rather than get like. Just like an ice cream or something. I got her the best of both worlds. I got her the carbs, which is exactly what pretzels are, but they're tasty, chewy, right? Baked but carbs. also, it's, I don't have to rush and eat this, Correct. which is the same. And I actually will covet this cinnamon sugar and almond crunch. See, I think we should put a couple of them in a mug and nuke them and then put vanilla ice cream on it. Well, that's your idea, which is not the worst <laughs> idea in the world. I've heard worse. And of course, maybe some dark chocolate and put some of those. Uh, if you start to remotely make it healthy, I'm gonna like burn you. Don't ruin my happy place. Just like imagine that I ruin things like because that. I actually make it healthy. No, you do all the time. He is the most unfun person to like eat with. If okay. you want to like eat fun and be naughty and do stuff like I don't know, chili cheese fries. Jen, friend and of the sun. show, Metaopoly has that who is so is conservative, which is fun. Uh, we appreciate, obviously, all perspectives. And in this case, what is the beef with Kanye West? Well, Jen, it could almost be all completely fortuitous that you would do this deconstructing Zionism show on Saturday. And then almost like pure happenstance, Kanye West comes out and basically gives the old trope of the Jews are controlling everything and we've got to stop them. What is the motivation of all right, Kanye so West? Here's the th- there are definitely Jews that are controlling things, but there's You're a lot Jewish of Gentile people. There's a lot of Muslim people. There's a lot of all kinds of people controlling things. There's probably about 64 people around the world that are in charge of shit. And it isn't necessarily the people that you think is in charge of shit. And yeah, maybe some of them are Jewish. That is very, I mean, it's possible. Um, but that's not a thing. That's not, there's not some sort of like coalition of Jews trying to take over the world. That's not a thing. Just isn't. So, um, yeah. He's, and there are probably a lot of people that he might be referring to that happen to be Jewish and happen to be oligarchs and whatever, but he's 
kind of in their club, which is why this is so ironic. The Jewish media blocked me out. Okay, first of all, the fact that he says Jewish Zionists, that's really, that kind of is anti-Semitic. Like he's, and I don't, I don't play that card. I very rarely think things are, but that really, that's really not cool. Jews have owned the black voice. Now that is not necessarily entirely untrue. That, hey, you want to talk about where the corporate money is and people that control the narrative and the Democratic Party that thinks they own the black vote, even though they don't do anything for them and they abuse them and stuff. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with Jews. They just might happen to also eat. There might be Jewish people like that's That's what's really frustrating about that. So that's real. That is very anti-Semitic. And it wasn't an anti-Israel or an anti-geopolitical Zionist state comment. So, yeah, kind of icky. But I always thought he was an idiot anyway. Like, I don't, and for anybody who knows, really, I'm not on social media. I'm really not. I am kept aware of what goes on. But the, one of the reasons I'm not on social media is because of crap like that. I don't care about Kanye. I don't care about the, the, the Kardashians. I don't care about any of their nonsense whatsoever. But it is true Um but again, it's no, 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 that's not. It's how he it's how he phrased it. Jewish Zionist, please, by all means, I am. Please. We just did an entire three hour show on Saturday called Deconstructing Zionism. I have now come out as an anti-Zionist. I hear you. But the way that he says Jewish Zionist, and this is why you will appreciate this. There are many Zionists that aren't Jewish. There's a lot of evangelical Christians that are Zionists. So when you specifically say Jewish Zionists, it's like you're really just putting it together to just really sell it in a negative way. And you're attaching Jews to Zionism when what you're saying is absolutely correct. There's a lot of Jews that aren't pro-Zionist. So you are almost explaining my point as to why that's anti-Semitic that he does that. Why do I have to get affiliated with the Zionists? You see what I'm saying? Like, don't be, once you start generalizing people, that's where it starts to sound anti-Semitic to me. Not because he's not calling out Zionists. Yeah, yes. if he was calling out Israel or Zionists or, or anything pro as he was saying pro-Palestinian stuff, we wouldn't be having this discussion. So that's that's why. The irony, uh, two things that I will. Oh, read. I don't think he thought about it at all. I think he's a moron. But anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I'm not on social media. Two so. things. So uh, Jordan Sheraton of Status Quo was supposed to be on this evening, but he is at the Yankee game. And the Yankee game is delayed. So go figure. He could have been on, but now he's being punished as a result. And here's the thing. Okay. And my my older son, who is very much a Yankees fan now, he lives in he lives in Ithaca. And I guess now he's been befriended by many baseball Yankees people at his school. Yes. And so he's a big fan right now. Mm-hmm. And I he would be like it's really jealous that our friend was at the game. Yeah, but Ithaca to New York City is about three and a half. Oh, hours. yeah. He's not going there. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's yeah, it's, it's not really because that option is not exactly there. Um, but yeah, I did. And, and then the other thing uh, and the other thing I wanted to bring full circle about that story is that I I wasn't I didn't find anything for myself that I wanted to eat. But I found that <laughs> and I thought that that was good for Jen. He just wanted to shut me up. And when I when I arrived at her house, as soon as I walk in the door, my eyes immediately lock in on the box of Anthony's cold fire pizza. My favorite. And I'm thinking, karma in the universe really does exist. 
it was really speaking to me. He feels that this is a trade that he gets the Anthony's. I, I wasn't inspecting it. I didn't know, but the universe said it wasn't for you. That's, it's it's for me. It, now it's been for you, but it wasn't for you. <laughs> and he only eats my flavor. Why can't you eat the other flavor? What meatball? Whatever it was. I don't know. I'm eat, I'm not eating meat. <laughs> I'm then you beggars can't be choosers. I'm grateful for the mushroom. <laughs> and look. <laughs> Trump says, and, and one thing I will say about Trump, and for those of you here who saw the comments that Trump made. Oh, the Jew comments? Yeah. Oh, I saw that. What was your take? Uh, well, he doesn't, again, he's just stirring the pot. That's what he does. He's just signaling to his base left and right, making little comments. He's just playing his, he's just playing his part. He's, he's just doing the same. Do I think he personally really believes what he says? I don't know. Like, I don't think he's anti-Semitic. I don't think he's racist. I, he's probably a misogynist. But He's whatever gets him money, and he's about him. He's about him 100%. and money. I don't 100%. think he has an ideology. I don't think he does either. Like, I he think doesn't he have just an understands ist. exactly what he has to he's do. He's a narcissist. And again, but what I did read regarding Trump's t- comments, yeah, they were ridiculous, but the amount of brains that he has broken with the way that the, the leap to conclusion from his statement is – you, you take a comment where he's basically saying, you know, I did more for the Jews than this guy does. And you guys should be on my side to I want to put Jews in the oven. Like, that's how far you, there, there were people like leaping on social media regarding this statement that he made. And I'm thinking, holy crap, what the hell did Trump say? And I read it and I'm thinking, eh, it's not good, but it's like, holy crap, you well, make it seem like this all, is the craziest thing he's ever said. And, and back to what we were just talking about, the only real problem I have with what he said is that he should mean that Zionists are so happy with him and that the Zionists and the, like, the conservatives... Which, which they are. Which they are. And you know what? He did do a lot more for them than Joe Biden has. He did. He moved the embassy it's, to Jerusalem. And it's not like Joe's moving that back. No, no. No, they'll ride on it. Though. They'll, they'll go on his little coattails and be like, yeah, that's kind of good for us too. But they wouldn't do it, but they're certainly not opposed to it. So in reality, what he's saying, if you were to take the word Jews out and change it for Zionists, then his statement would actually be very accurate. Yeah. Um, but, but he didn't, he didn't, he hasn't done anything for like Jews that I know of. I mean, and, but I don't think he's, yeah, he's just about money and himself. He's just a showman. That's what I think. I and think he's what, a showman. You know, and again, and that's why I didn't put Trump in the title because there's really no, re- the, the idea, uh, yeah, TM, you're absolutely right. And let's not forget that Jared Kushner, who is a, a criminal in his own right, where do you think he gets it from? He gets it from his father who was in federal prison. And the only reason why Jared Kushner is not in federal prison is because his yeah. father-in-law is a former president of the United States who might be back in the White House in two years. That's it. But at some point, because in theory, he'll, not, outlive, he'll outlive Donald Trump. And in theory, some point, he might have to pay the pipe. Of all the people in the Trump orbit, that I want to see go down, there is Jared no Kushner. one bigger than Jared Kushner. I want to see that pencil neck piece of garbage go down the effing toilet. When people complain about Hunter Biden, you better be putting Jared Kushner Seriously. in the same effing category. Oh, no, no, no. He's way worse. He's way worse. I, I, I actually think Hunter Biden is more kind of like a rube. 
than some. You mean a of, pawn, like a pawn? Yeah, a pawn. yeah, more than some like you know like nefarious mastermind. I mean, he was was any like into drugs and women and all that. Which again, no judgment. And in fact, I don't care about that one way or the other. I'm just saying I would point out that he doesn't seem like somebody that was necessarily really focused on creating like I don't know nefarious doings. Whereas Jared Kushner, oh my god, <laughs> like I think he's evil. I think he is evil, absolutely. And, and I don't like. I don't think that Hunter Biden is evil. And you know what? And you know He's what? Kushner, and you know what? Kushner's excuse would be if he went to prison, or if he was going to trial. Say, hey, uh, I was in an abusive household. My father, he made me like this. <laughs> I only knew from my father when I went to prison. But when we had um, John Nichols uh, on the show, wait, 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 who was it? That was his book, Coronavirus Criminals and Pandemic Profiteers. Wasn't that John Nichols? Yes. Book was that? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Guys, that book was great, but the chapter on Jared Kushner was very particularly um, interesting. Conservatives, would you would you give uh, would you give up Jared Kushner for Hunter Biden? Are we playing a game? Yeah, Something let's, like, let's like do it. Football. Like, give it back. Stop yes. doing that. You're grossing me out. I don't care. Stop <laughs> doing that. But that's a very good spot. I know. That's why you do. It's gross. What, you really want to do like a trade? Like in other words, but it's not like we sit here and talk about Jared Kushner. In fact, I don't think yeah, well, I mentioned him since we had played a game. Well, no, but I'm saying like if we played like this, if we were, I'm trying to think of like how, okay. Um, like how would we, it, it, it's like, I'm trying to think of what the game would be where you're like trading. It's just not like, it's like fantasy. Okay. We're going to play fantasy politics and <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to like create a fantasy administration. Yeah, That's exactly. basically what you want to do. You want to create like the fantasy. The problem is, is My that I can't think person. of anybody I would want. Oh, okay. You you take the entire W administration needs to be in prison. Pretty much. Uh, I mean, well, definitely you've got like Ashcroft, Rumsfeld, Wolfowitz, Condoleezza Rice, that whole group. Maybe we'd spare Colin Powell. He sort of learned the error of his ways at some point. Disappointing, but not as horrible. Um, Our good friend says that he will accept the trade. Okay, that's good. That's good. I think it's pretty even. Honestly, if you, were to, if, you were to, if, if we were to take a poll and say, would you give up Jared Kushner for Hunter Biden? I think most people would be like, I'll take that. All right. But okay, so let's talk about Don Jr. today, though. In that picture. Oh, God, what and did he do? You didn't see the picture. I did not and see something it. about, well, you know, um, Jordan was the one who was it Jordan who was putting this up. I can't remember. I watched Jordan and Mike like back to back. So there's a picture of him holding his assault rifle. And for the 2A people. Does he even know how to use it? Well, who knows? I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. But on the assault rifle, on the mat, is this picture of Hillary in prison. I also don't have a picture wrong with a picture of Hillary in prison. She should be there. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. However, I do think having the picture of Hillary in prison on an automatic weapon on a, on a pretty large rifle and posing with it in a very threatening kind of way oh, yeah. is not is not an okay message for somebody in the public eye to be putting out there and then claim that you weren't calling any attention to violence. And we just keep and again, on- no fan of Hillary. And none. And we keep on moving the goalposts. It's almost like at some point, it's going, the dam's going to break because there's the tensions are so heightened right now. And even this evening at this event that I was at, I was talking with two fairly conservative people. And when you get down to the issues that matter, they agree on living wage. They agree on health care. They do not agree on taxes and they don't agree on socialism, which, again, I get it. But as I try to explain to them, it's that we're not talking about, you know, 
communistic socialism. See, we're this talking the problem about they don't know what socialism uh, is. Just like people who are just like people who think that they don't understand what advantages you have in the United States, just as they don't understand the type of you know the the areas that they're missing. We need a hybrid system. We need a combination of capitalism infused with socialism. The most successful countries in the world have that. Now, in this country, we actually do have it, but it's only for rich people. Oh, Metalopoly, I was just getting started. Don't, I, I honestly, other than Jimmy Carter, there is not a president in my lifetime that I don't think should be in prison mm. for, for war crimes. And I don't care what their party is and what color they wear. They're all war criminals. So I, it doesn't really matter to me. You, you, they're all the same. Speaking of which, yes, we have to we have to address the Nancy Pelosi situation. What the hell did she do now? I honest to God, what I don't. Hell? So here's how this, here's here's how this thing sort of unfolded. So evidently, her daughter, who is one of the most spoiled brats in all of politics, because they're all of the all of the nep, I, how long have I been saying nepotism in politics is one of the worst things we have on God's green earth. And so well, Alex, she's getting ready to bequeath her seat to her. Well, Alexandria Pelosi was documentary filming her mother on January 6th and basically showing, oh, she was such a leader. And then you see the responses from the Democratic establishment, you know, party line people that are in the beltway. Joanne Reed, of course. Ugh. And again, I will use her as an example because her statement was so obnoxious and sycophantic <laughs> and, and so belittling. Yeah, we get it. You love Nancy Pelosi, but or at least you suck up to her. We don't know how you really. That are. was the well to me. It's if you watch because you don't really watch it. I have to I pay can. attention to this. But if you look at the at the blue check liberals in D.C., New York, L.A., that San Francisco, that group, when something has to go out about how great the president is or how great the speaker is, how that's Jordan great. Green, that's baby. good, Mario. You're working <laughs> on it, baby. You're doing good. You're doing really good. Yo, yo, you're very good, yo. It's very good. Give, I'm going to give him my De Niro right Joy now. and Green. She's just yeah. horrible. You know what? No. For anyone, like, the, he has to watch, somebody has to watch that crap. And that's how I, he tells me what I need to know from that crap. I, the, I watch but, real things. But I, I just know that there comes a point where you're thinking, we really are living in the twilight zone. Like, this can't be real. It's you have the Speaker of the House who is as responsible, maybe even more so than the president, of ensuring the GOP gets at least one of the elective branches of government in the midterms. She refuses to bring the ban on stock trading bill to the floor for a freaking vote. It, you can't even get a vote. Oh, and this woman's a hero? This woman is destroying our, co our country. Everyone knows now that our elected officials cheat our country. They cheat the system, legit, li literally, not legitimately. And not only do they get to just do it, but then they get people to cheer for them. <laughs> cheer for them! Right? Like you, you, you can't make this shit Nancy up. Pelosi, who is a public servant and has been a public servant for over four years, amazingly, is worth over $120 million. And everyone will say, well, Paul Pelosi's the one stock trader. Also criminal. Who do you think she's getting the information from? Who, is, who do you think he's getting it from? 
They own multiple vineyards in Martha's in in, 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 uh, in Napa Valley, California. Do you know how much a vineyard costs there? I don't I don't begrudge the people money. I begrudge them insider trading shit. <laughs> yes. It's like it's so disgusting. It, it really is. It's very Marie Antoinette. And, and honestly, we know what happened to her. Like you, you pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And Nancy. they are expecting people to just pick up. But the big bad Republicans on the other side, that is the corruption within the system convincing you that you're entitled to nothing. <laughs> Apparently today, I didn't know this, new to Jen, President Biden put out a statement and of course, you would call it the October surprise because the election is literally three weeks from tomorrow. So they're going to do some things that are going to make you think that they really care. It's, it's showmanship. So they put out a post today. And one that I would think we definitely agree with is the idea that hearing aids should be over the counter. Metalopoly, we are that. Yeah, that they should be... Uh, we are that. That they need, that they should be able to purchase over-the-counter hearing aids. And then somebody in the thread pointed out, you know that Trump did this in his administration and this is basically just a recycling talking <laughs> point that no one is talking about? Good job. Dirt bag. Good job. <laughs> Let's just settle down. Let me have a drink. I just want another drink. I, think so. I hate when you do women. You don't do women well. One of the things that I always couldn't stand is that I remember when I really was getting into politics and they would talk constantly about how Speaker of the House before Nancy Pelosi was John Boehner and how he would hit the bottle every day. If you can't tell that Nancy Pelosi is a lush, I don't know what you're looking at, but they never talk about it. It's like you're not allowed to. There's different rules for different people. And. You want to know how far it, like how bad it's gotten is just now when you said John Boehner and trust me when I tell you, not a fan of John Boehner, no. but it made me think back to like, it wasn't that long ago that there were actually some decent people in there, like where yeah. things actually kind of got done. Like it was in my lifetime. John like, Boehner remember- was infinitely, infinitely better than Paul yeah. Ryan. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there have been more effective and ineffective people. And it's like, she's not up there with the effective ones. And think about this, ladies and gentlemen. You went from John Boehner to Nancy Pelosi to Paul Ryan. Think about the type of representative you have to be to get to a a Paul Ryan. All Paul Ryan is, is he's the Republican Beto. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's one way of looking at it. (laughs) Just he's the he's the counterpart to or, you know, maybe maybe Buttigieg. But again, it is history repeating itself when you think about it, because when the Democrats got shellacked in the 2010 midterms and they did again in 2014. It's all about the fact that they are worse for this reason. They make you think that they're really trying to get things done for you. And while I do believe that there is somewhat of a roadblock with cinema and mansion. But let's just say for the sake of argument that the Democrats do end up scooping two extra seats in the Senate. And so they have now John Fetterman, who would be the most likely person to flip a seat. And the second would be Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin. And Lord knows we would love to get Ron Johnson out of the U.S. Senate. That would be wonderful. But even if that were the case, 
you don't think there's going to be another excuse as to why we can't get any legislation done? And Lord knows they're going to count on it because they're going to lose the House. If they lose the House, you'd be like, oh, well, you know, we've got 54 senators now, but, you know, we can't. Right. That's the whole point. That's the theater of it. It's like they're Mick resistance. That's why they're not really trying to like they don't. It doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter to them. It is an ebb and a flow and they make money all the way. Like, it doesn't matter to Nancy Pelosi whether or not it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Uh, Metaopoly, we are going to disagree hard on Fetterman. Um, you know, again, he is the best of what is out there in terms of somebody who is espousing. Tip O'Neill was good. Yeah. He got stuff done, man. Well, I certainly appreciated him. He, he got stuff done. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I remember that in my lifetime, that there used to be speakers of the House that were it was somewhat dignified. Yeah. It was somewhat dignified. I'm not saying the policy was good, but like there was an effort to like have some sort of like government policy thing. There was effort to legislate. But you know what? I think that the I think the reason for the hostilities and why things have gotten so out of control nowadays is because things have really gotten bad and because things are bad and people are desperate. There is sort of this they, they want to create a civil war circumstance. They don't want people getting along because it's much easier to divide and conquer that way. You don't have anything and you will have nothing and like it. This is the old it's the, it's one of the best memes that you'll ever see regarding politics. And I think it was Rupert Murdoch who was sitting in the middle with a big pile of cookies. You have a white rural man on one side. You have a black urban man on the other side. And Rupert Murdoch looks to the white, white, you know, uh, rural man. And again, they both have nothing. Who's telling him, be careful because that black guy's going to take your cookie. We're fighting the wrong fight. That's what they, they just want us to punch down in sideways. I just, um, yeah, they're all the same. They kind of are all the mm-hmm. same. It's kind of gross. There's a few exceptions. And, and, I, and I would implore this because there are a lot of people in what you would call the Trump side, the MAGA side of politics, who get it, but don't get it all the way. Like, you have to understand that Trump is not your friend. No, he does not him. He He, does not get, he knows what to say. He absolutely knows what to say. Don't get me wrong. Trump knows how to push the buttons because he really is in his own way, his own kind of maverick because the, the George W. Bush, John McCain, Mitt Romney, they are all accepted inside the club. Donald Trump is not accepted inside the club. And that is one of the reasons why so many people gravitate to him, because they know that they don't want him. They didn't want him in New York and they don't want him in D.C. And he's a scumbag. Donald Trump is a scumbag, but he is an outsider. I'll give him that much. He is. Whatever. He, he still did. got in line with the deep state. He did. So. He did. Exactly if he had actually, actually governed. Pardon, pardon the song. Right. If he had actually governed like an outsider, like a populist and done those things, then I would have liked him. If he had actually done the things that he was campaigning on, like he said, we needed to get out of Syria. We need to get out of these wars. But of course, he didn't do that. You know, he said, we don't need to be outsourcing our jobs. We don't need to do that. We don't need to be having the TPP. And then he got in line with all of it. You want Trump or Clinton? I don't want either of those smarmy guys. Pick one. Um, I guess I'll take Bill. Ugh. So gross. You know what it is? That actually you know, feels like what it feels no, like when I vote. No, the reason the why. The lesser of two The reason chills. why I'm here right now is because that lovely lady with the beautiful eyes that's in the chat right now, she brought Newt Gingrich. And let me tell you something. There is a reason why I love Newt Gingrich. You want to know why I love him? 
because he provided cover for my nefarious behavior when I was in con when, when he was in Congress and wrote the show. We really Well, he was a scumbag too. We worked together in concert, man. Those things look good. Don't oh, even Oh, they're tasty. Maybe just no. When I wanted to get bad things done when I was president, I just used Mr. Gingrich's cover. <laughs> you see, the big bad Republicans, that's what they did. <laughs> you know, I was responsible, Jen, as president of the United States, of allowing <laughs> the biggest Republican sweep in the history of the uh, electoral system in 1994. Did you know that? Yeah, I voted in that. Yeah, <laughs> I really did great, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, we're very appreciative. <laughs> it was a lot easier just to play along for the, the crowd and let them know exactly why I was there. Uh, I really did destroy, well, we, I've got to include Hillary in this, we really did destroy the Democratic Party. It just wasn't the same anymore, and it's still ain't now. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for that. I love that new Gingrich. He's a really great guy. Good to see y'all. I didn't watch the debate um, between Kemp and, and Stacey Abrams. I am by no means a Stacey Abrams fan or a supporter. And to be honest, I don't know enough about Kemp other than, he was the <clears throat> he was the secretary of state, wasn't it? He was the secretary of state. Which one do you want? Uh, right one. and and oh, oh, over his own election, and that he you know um, disenfranchised like hundreds of thousands of voters. Like I think he's probably a disgusting scumbag. But in terms of like how he governs, I don't really know enough about him. Like how he runs the state, like what he does or whatever. To, like really, and I didn't watch the debate. Yeah, I think um, that's my thoughts on that. But I am not a Stacey Abrams fan. It's very, I will say this, the Georgia races are going to be very hard to call because on the one hand, it looks like the two incumbents, one is a Republican, one is a Democrat, are definitely in control of their respective races. I don't know how often that happens where you have a split ticket at the top. That's a rare thing. I can't. I can't even recall specifically when I've ever seen that happen. You mean where the governor goes one way and a Senate race goes mm-hmm. the other way? Oh, come on. There's got to be cases where that happens. <clears throat> it hasn't happened in this hyper-partisan divide that this country is in right I'm now. I'm trying to think of, well, I mean, you know, my last few years frame of reference is here and this isn't normal. Florida is not normal. I mean, we had, I guess you had Bill, yeah, you had Bill Nelson there. Mm-hmm. We had Bob Graham there when there was... I'm trying to remember. I can't remember who was where when. It's sort of like with Seinfeld. I can't remember which episodes had the same things in them. All right. So our guest of the evening, Nick Sorrell, who is running for mayor of the town we both live in, which is Plantation, is unfortunately having an issue connecting his device. So we'll see if this hopefully works its way out in the next few minutes. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that, you know, the one thing we've learned about the current environment that we're living in right now, and even when Jen ran for Congress, I can remember like in the home stretch, it was this feeling of, man, I really want to get this over with. And I think a lot of people feel that way in the fact that the political, first of all, the political season is way, way too long. The idea that people are campaigning for, you know, a reg, you know, just a, a local seat, a state senate seat, a, yeah. even a congressional seat. They do it for over a year. It's ridiculous. Like, that's not... And that's it's not, not say, normal, people. Yeah, and it's not to say that you don't need a period of time to really ramp up, so to speak. But ultimately... In the UK, it's like six weeks. Yeah, it's like... Well, it's like a month and a half to th- three months or something like that. Yeah, that's all it is. Three months is the longest. And I think that's probably for prime minister or something like that. So... Here in the States, we have a lot to learn. Um, 
What's the matter? No, no, I just wanted to go back and see some. Keep going. Don't worry about what I'm doing. I was reading that comment. Um, That's yeah. what I wanted to say. Okay. Which, oh, Pearl Man? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I don't, um, I don't really have much of a thought one way or the other. I just think that, you know, people are just tired of not being represented. And I don't blame them. Why would you not be tired of being represented, of constantly being told if we just vote for this person, things are definitely going to get better. When I found out today that what Biden put out there regarding hearing aids is something that Trump actually did and they're trying to take credit for it, that's insane. What are you doing? They're, they're, they're really showing that they just they don't care. They just don't care. It doesn't matter to them. It's they're just sitting there collecting paychecks and investments and all that. They don't care. It's ridiculous. And then, of course, you had the whole uh, the whole blow up with, um, you know, with uh, AOC at her town hall. And the guys basically there touting the fact that she was really, you know, supporting, uh, you know, the war machine. Yeah. Which she is. And you're supporting it because you're not willing to say anything against it. You're not willing to say how we're ramping up tensions over. And of course, it's always about natural resources. That's all it's ever about. You know, the trillions of natural resources that exist in Western Ukraine. And that's why they are not looking for an exit strategy. To his credit, Nathan J. Robinson, who did go on with Brianna uh, Joy Gray. Um, you know, Nathan was not a fan hunt, of either. With, of well, but Nathan was correct. He's like, listen, if you're going to critique AOC, there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. And just be very direct about where you have a problem. There's nothing wrong in the initial stages of supporting the efforts of the Ukrainians trying to stave off an invasion from Russia. At the same time, you cannot deny that very, very quickly this became a war of the military industrial complex. Everything is about that. This is about money and power. This isn't about protecting Ukrainians from Putin. This is about who can get their hands on the resources. That's why NATO's involved now, because they want the resources. This is what I think. I think that if we really cared about Ukrainian people, that we could have handled this from start to finish entirely differently. I don't think we would be in a position where Putin was acting that way, quite honestly. I think there's a lot of things we could have done differently for a long period of time. But having our warships in on like at their beaches, basically, like we have been up their ass for so many years. Yeah. And it's almost like, I'm telling you, it's like the annoying little brother that sits there and does that. And then you act and you're, it's like, they want us, like they want to do something. And, like we want them to do that so that it basically is consent. And uh, two things before we bring in our guest, Mr. Sorty, uh, two things on that. Number one, it, this is, I, it has always been for me, the biggest thing that scared me about Biden's presidency is how much of a failure he could most likely be on foreign policy because he's not really, he's not there anymore. He's just not. And you've seen too many examples already where his decision-making is very suspect. Something as simple as saying that if we want to take out the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, we could do it at any time. And then within 24 hours, it was taken out. And then the other thing is that if you think that what's going on in Ukraine is bad, the idea that you're saber rattling with China over Taiwan, that's the end of the world if that comes to play. You, it, to me, it's it, this is not 
This is a very dangerous time. It's almost like they're pushing it to that so that they can use it as a fear-mongering talking point at the election that you want to make sure to, and yet they're the ones who are No, I don't it. think that's going to help the Democrats. I think that's going to hurt them. Oh, I think, I think it will ultimately that, hurt them, but I, yeah. don't, I think that it's like they think that somehow it'll, I don't know, everything they do to me is calculated on what they're going to get in November. Like oh, everything I, no, they're that, doing yeah, has no, to I, do with November. I, and that's why, ladies and gentlemen, just hang on tight because it's only three weeks away. And since it's only three weeks away, what's most important to remember is that no election matters more than your local elections. And what is so I'm going to please. Da, 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 da. So tired oh. of that. I swear to God, he's going to take out an eye. But what is so good about local elections, Jen? Then, Share with the audience. Okay, so we put out a little video the other day after we were out canvassing for our friend Nick, who's coming on. Picnic. Picnic. But I'm getting hungry. Seriously, stop interrupting me. So one of the nicest things about canvassing for local uh, election is that it's nonpartisan. And, and that is, let me tell you how much of an easier sell in general, with the exception of the one lady the other day that was really mean to me. Everybody's been really mean. And she didn't even let me talk. No, no, no. She was so mean. But she was just angry Uh, for when she answered the door. She was just annoyed. Her 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 little dog ran out and she was all pissed off. We we, We could speak to 10 consecutive houses of people who are like, oh, thank you. Really? Right, right, right. No, no, no. Okay. You get off my property. Oh, it's horrible. It's but like, like she person. was so angry. I swear. And I'm just like, she didn't even let me talk. She was so pissed. And her dog was trying to escape. That's what I think. I think he was She's trying like, to. Could you get me out of here? Well, no, but then she, then she stomped her foot and picked up the dog and slammed the door. And the whole thing was crazy. Take me away. Help me. But the great. I still love you, East Plantation. Yes. And the great. But again, from the most. Vote blue no matter who to the most MAGA, that person that you will find. I like all them. When you get to talk about issues that matter, when you remove the Democrat versus Republican argument, it's amazing how many people are receptive to just talking about the candidate and what they're fighting for. Yeah. And it's amazing when you it's just yeah, it's just great when you don't even have to sell a team. He is currently on the city council in Plantation running to be the next mayor which we're hoping he will be. Please stop. I like the pen. In three weeks' time, starting tomorrow, and remember, early voting starts in a week. And if you have a vote-by-mail ballot, you better get it in there. Nick Sortle, welcome to Generational Change. You guys gave me like five different topics to talk about. I listened to you for three minutes, and I have like <laughs> six different ways I could take this thing. And you saw I was having trouble with sound, right? Trying to Something. You, you sound great, though. Yeah, now it's good. I look okay. Uh, yeah, I look you're okay. fine. Okay, I don't need to look great. I just, no, just, it's fine. <laughs> so, so my computer sound for some reason isn't working. And it, reason, I, topic number number seventeen here. Always when you take your car to the repair shop, three days later something breaks. Do you notice that? I well, took my computer <laughs> shop last week, and now my mic doesn't work. I don't know why that is in life. It's, it's karmic. It's sort of like matter is finite and nothing, it, anything turns into something else. Like it's, it's, it's karmic. Yes. Oh, I love that underline. Nick Sortle, candidate for mayor. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, so we talk- finished our turf. We finished our turf. Oh no, it was, first of all, I love that neighborhood. So yeah. it's, it yeah. was really nice. Like I really love that neighborhood and some streets are nicer than others. Yeah. And I'm going to start with you with, the one of the main comments that we got that was very specific as to what you need to do in order to get people to vote for you is their roads are bad. 
Their That's roads it. are bad. Their roads look like a patchwork quilt over I'm there. I'm right down. All and, right. So I'm just telling you, we had someone specifically uh, south say. Of Broward, south of Broward in probably 50th Ave, 54th Ave, around there. Yeah. Even we were in the 60s. You were in the 60s. Yeah. No, that's I did not know that. That that's oh, no. it's a patchwork. And I try to watch everything. That's that's good. We had a bond project and repaired a lot of roads, especially in southeast plantation, which by the way, plantation has a spot with a very big water activity. All those people there have houses and live on water. And and it's it's incredible that I walked there and learned so much. And you and I would never think of it because we live here at the east part of town. Right. Right. When you when you have ocean access, you really do have the same issues that the people do that are right next to the ocean. It affects you the same the same way. So it isn't the same as a lake. It's it is very different. I have bad roads. No. Back to Biden real quick. Yeah, please. You, so, we could, yeah. So you, you talked about Biden basically tipping off what something he wanted to do. And here's my question for you is I have background as a journalist. I have background as a basketball coach. And I covered gambling and I was a poker player for 10 years. Which of those three backgrounds is most beneficial for the job that I'm trying to get? Uh, I would say a poker player just because I love playing poker. Myself. No, that's the best. That's the needed job to get the job. But the most important of those, I think, is the basketball coach. To encourage people. My favorite word in the English language is encourage. Tell people they can believe it. Go on to the next play. Understand people are going to make mistakes and build a sense of team. Right, basketball coach, so I was correct. I, I don't know, it's just, it's just a fun, it's a fun question to ponder. Oh, there's no, you weren't gonna say, this is the answer and why. Well, no, no. I think of it in terms of when you're looking at going for a job like mayor, it is an executive position. And in an executive position, there's things like you have to delegate, you have to coordinate, you have to work with different people, you have to oversee. So to me, coach just sort of, to me seemed, uh, yeah. most useful. So uh, I, was, I was getting endorsed by the Broward Black Caucus about three weeks ago. And I think her name was Sandra Davey from Lauderdale Lakes, maybe. Hmm. Says, you know, I, she says, I don't like it when people get up and say, I did this and I did that. There is no I did. First off, you need three votes to do anything. And in any situation, anybody who says they did something, I did something um, is overstating. It's true. Uh, I saw a post about that very recently from somebody I will not name, but yes, I agree a thousand percent. It is not about one person. It is about being the public servant of the people and doing the will of the people. Again, it's such a lost concept, but you know, the best representatives are ones that are representing the people. I would also say that my friend Judy, who lives out in the West Lauderdale, you know, you're very popular with the old folks over there. But West, yep. Lauderdale West. Um, so, and there's a lot of your signs over there. And, you know, that she pointed out to me that she knew who you were just because you're always sending things out, like whether it's emails or whatever, letting people know what's going on, giving people updates yes. about things. And nobody has ever commented that our mayor does that. So I just think that that's really interesting that you're, you're already doing that and she should be doing that. Well, what we what we all have is a heck of a good platform to use, like in the cartoons where the where the big voice booming from above says, "Use your powers for good." That's what we could be doing. That's what that's the joy of this platform is the way I see it. 
You happen to be a very unique individual because we meet a lot of people in politics all the time. And it just seems to me that most people that get into politics are very self-serving. There isn't this, uh, this thought process of, well, what am I doing to serve the betterment of our community, of the county, of the state, and so on? And you are cut from the type of cloth that most people should be when it comes to serving in political office. Whether, like Marty Kier. Yeah. Marty He's Kier. one of my favorite Mar- public Marty servants. Kier, Marty Kier would be a great example. Yeah. You I've always tell. loved him. Marty just loves serving the community. I mean, that is a huge compliment. And yeah. like, I, Marty is one of the people that I see as a true public servant. I agree. So Marty, I, I keep a top five in my head. Actually, it's a top seven. And my top number one is Marty Kier. Hmm? Number, number two, say, exactly. It's funny you said that. Number two is Robin Bartleman. And then, and then there's a bunch of good ones. There is Beam Fur, who I think demeanor and outlook I, I I greatly admire. Joe Scott is an amazing guy the way he handles things. Rosalind Osgood, I know they call her she's a reverend, but to, to me she's a, my rabbi. Right. You know. So no, there right. are people that that are public servants here. And They're Michael, all. off the top of my, I think I missed somebody else who was in my top five. So I didn't know if you had a top five or not. And, I'm no, and I always will give props to Robin as well. Robin, you know, and I know people who don't like her because they don't like her. She is a public servant. Yeah. She busts her ass. She shows up. She walks the walk. I've seen her show up at things left and right. So like I like to me, she definitely does her job. And I'll definitely chime in on and I'll definitely chime in on Joe Scott. He has been put in an almost impossible situation to deal with. And I think he's doing really the best job that he could. I actually sat with Sheila Sherfulis McCormick and her team uh, during the recount process when Dale Holness was doing everything in his capacity to try to flip those votes. And Joe kept it completely honest. I mean, I was in there for about three hours. I watched the whole thing. And Joe was as straight shooters you could ever hope for. Shout out to Mitch Caesar. Shout out to Mitch Caesar as well. Um, keeping electoral integrity is everything and joe is doing a pretty bang up job yeah yeah that's that's dead on um i lost my train of thought talk about okay we'll talk about like what you think literally are the priorities for plantation specifically like i mean we can talk general politics but like talk about like what is the like for me what i see is overdevelopment i see there it's out of control. That whole Midtown area, where are those people going to be driving and parking? Where are they going to go? So like, talk about what the major plantation issues are. Yes. The the number one thing I get when I knock on doors and and for my goal was 10,000 doors. I'm not going to make it. I'll probably be around 8,000. I tried to get a hundred doors a day and I lost, I lost my way for a week or two. And, you know, so anyway, um, the number one easily is, is overdevelopment. People see all these apartments come up and, and they're frustrated. And the, and the word I used was demoralized is that people are demoralized by them. Um, if you go back and look on the books though, Midtown has been on the books since 1988. Midtown is the plan to put all the density between university and Pine Island, Cleary in 84. Um, but the way it's come together and everything is, you know, people are really questioning it. And they feel like some of these projects got snuck past them. So I, I link it to development and communication. Because look, I would, my phrase is to put the brakes on development, but nobody in their right mind is going to say, we're going to have no development, right? Right. Right. So, but when I do have development, I will tell you to your face, I'll tell you 
Here's what we're thinking about doing. Because you're going to find out anyway. <laughs> you're going to be seeing the big building anyway. So let's get people to input, you know, and we'll fight. The, they'll, they'll be fights. But the problem is right now, you live, Jen, you live in, um, I went by your house. Yes. Where you, you see these big four by four signs with the city plantation logo and a bunch of type. Nobody knows what the hell that means. No, you know, you know there's still something there, but you know, it could be a lot of things. Yes. And, and nobody stops. So we've got to do a, a better job and you got to not be scared to tell the people what you're doing, which kind of is a response to your first question about me being active on social media and trying to share information. Yeah. You know, you're going to get smacked now and then too. And it, and it does hurt. So, um, you know, yeah, the people can be mean, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which brings me back to the earlier point you said about why do people run and why people run? You know, there are times when people, Nobody in their right mind would run. Oh, sure. <laughs> I know. I, I, those words are like halfway out of my mouth. And then I'm looking at Jen going like, I, I think she knows this one. Oh, it's brutal. There's a reason I'm not on social media. And the only reason I have that luxury is because Peter does it. That's why he's stuck with me for eternity, because now <laughs> he has to deal with my social media. And oh I'm my. never going to be like, by the time he's gone, it'll be like, I don't know, it'll be like brain chips or something. I won't have any idea how to do it anyway. Yeah, no, I'll be in the seventh circle of hell at that point. <laughs> so my other big idea is, is office hours. Very nice. Imagine that. So what you're saying is our current mayor does not make herself accessible to the public. Um, look, I, I like to talk about me and the good things I do, but yes, there and was. We don't currently oh. have office hours is my point. Like if that you're saying that it's a new thing, then I'm going to assume it hasn't existed. Correct, correct, correct. And you do by Zoom because of security anymore. You know, at first I said, oh, people can come down to the conference building. We'll meet face to face. Security wise, that that's not really smart anymore. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, the mayor's Zoom office hours. Yeah, you know, the mayor's, Zoom office hours. Well, yeah, I mean, look, uh, the same issue exists with our congresswoman. The same issue exists with a lot of other elected officials. You can't. They just that. don't want to be. Well, again, it's like. Either you're serving the public or you're not. But again, as you said, you know, it depends on who's right. finding their way into the political arena. And again, as you said, it's hard enough, even if you are part of the machine, to run for politics and be a public figure and take all the scrutiny that comes with it. Try running for office when you're not a part of the machine and you're trying to change things for the better. There are people who benefit from the system being the way it is and they don't want anything to change. So they're going to come at you with everything they've got and they'll be... You know what I just thought of right now, which makes me really sad, is I just thought of the fact that Debbie Wasserman Schultz couldn't even take time to meet with Mitchell Stolberg when he wanted to meet with her on behalf of like PDA, all his groups, like his, and to talk about a specific, and she couldn't even be bothered to meet with him. But I think that also speaks volumes about, like you said, even something as simple as if I am your mayor, I'm going to meet uh, whatever it's going to be. It could be like uh, Friday yeah. afternoon. Like Friday afternoon at the is. mayor's office. You're able to come in. You can schedule an appointment for 15 minutes or whatever it is. File your grievances. Yeah, file your grievances. <laughs> you, you have a lineup. Go for it, Nick. And and my thinking on this is, I will chew on a cough drop, or or I I will have have a sucker in my mouth, so yeah. I won't talk, and the people who come to visit do the talking. Very interesting. Mm. That's basketball coach thing, okay? I coach young kids for a while, and the parents are always yelling, pass, shoot, and 
And so before the game, you know what I would do? I would walk around with lollipops and give them to all the parents. Did that work? Yes. Wow. I can remember, let me tell you, as a former former basketball player myself, I can still remember the not-so-in-shape parent sitting on the bench and constantly trying to tell the coach how to coach and the players how to play. That was always a treat uh, to observe that. Uh, But it's kind of like people in politics thinking they can tell you how to run the city. And guys go, why why aren't you at practice? Come to practice if you want to teach. Well, the thing about sports that a lot of people don't realize, especially even a sport like basketball, is that the game, that's the easy part. It's the preparation, getting ready for the game. That's the hard part. Learning the skills, practicing, preparation. By the time you're out there playing the game, that should be the easy stuff. That's right. right. It should be. Oh, I do have a new topic for you. I'm sorry. I'm oh, go for it. Yeah. Body camps. Plantation doesn't have them. There's Biden money out there, and it seems as though they are being discussed and in the pipeline. Very. You mean for? I'm, t- I'm assuming you mean for, for plantation police. For plantation police. Yeah. The 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 question cop. Popped up during a recent discussion. Um, of course, I gave the most nuanced answer in my opinion. But to me, I think it has to be a team thing. I have to say, Chief, what do you think? I have to go to the police and say, Guys, this looks like this is going to happen. But I, like I, I tell people often, I took the Citizens Police Academy course because I'm going to manage these guys and gals. I should know what they're doing. And what imp- impressed me most out of the whole thing is you spend 40-hour weeks taking trainings or something that happens like that. And so now you're going to have something that happens like that, and you got to push your button that says record. But those are my thoughts from a pragmatic governmental point of view. I'm sure you guys have other thoughts on this. Well, three weeks from the election is tomorrow. Hi, Robin. <laughs> you just- that's, that's Mrs. Nick. I just photobombed everybody. She photobombed everybody. Coming downstairs there. It's all good. Early early voting starts. uh, Yeah. How are you? How are you feeling at this point? I mean, obviously, we'll we're going to get out there for you again before this is all said and done, Um, and we're hopefully going to have some. Once you get close to the election, it's easier to get people to try something. We'll work polls for you. I appreciate. And you guys are extroverts, which helps. It's funny. I'm actually, what's funny, I'm an antisocial extrovert. <laughs> I've, I, I've self-classified, but you're right, I am. Okay, that's all right. I'm, a, I'm an emotional support human. So <laughs> It's almost like, all right, I'll talk to all of you guys, but the second you start inviting me to dinner, that's where I draw the line. It's like, okay. No, I, I can I, talk to anyone, anytime, anywhere, but yeah. I would most likely just be happiest just sitting at home alone. <laughs> But I can talk to anyone anywhere. So it's yeah, it's it's a curse. It's a well, but you know what? As long <laughs> as it's a relevant topic, I would definitely say that it's a lot easier than you know. We we show up at the polls and we'll meet a lot of different people, and the conversation never reverts into you know like bad mouthing that person or no. that person. It's always about what is the, what is the issue of the day that's most important that we could be working on together. I, I really feel in a lot of ways. I mean, look. Technology is a gift and it's a curse. You know, it's made us much more aware of everything that's going on, but it's also created this echo chamber of where we constantly can foment discord in a very hateful manner. And that's a bad thing. 
when we're out and about, we're meeting people face to face. Like you said, you know, you wanted to knock on 10,000 doors with our help. It'll be, you know, a little closer to 10,000. But when it's all been done, you can't replace meeting voters face to face. If you have their if they know who you are, name, name ID is everything. But knowing you personally, that's everything. And, and how would you say you're feeling at this point as we hit the home stretch? Um, I, I am. I feel like that I've done the best I could campaigning. I feel like we've we've I'm very I, my head hits the pillow with the campaign we've run. And I say we because it's Robin and me. You, yeah. you, you have no idea. You have oh, no. Idea. Yeah, <laughs> actually. You, but um, she's blushing. But but so, you know, what do people do when they walk in that voting booth? And what do they check? I can't control that, you know, but over overall, you know, I look around, I planted 400, more than 400 yard signs and, and word of mouth and, and people say, Nick, I got you. And I bump into people every day and, and I'm comfortable that I got the goods. And, um, so I'll leave it at that. I will tell you in our, you know, adventures in our tracks over East plantation, we did not. We only saw one uh, sign that was hers that was on a person that was at a person's house, right? Because you, we right. talked about it, like she has them in like commercial places, but at right. a person's house, and not one person that we spoke to was a supporter of hers. There were people that didn't know, didn't whatever, and then yeah. there were people that really liked you, but that we didn't come across anybody that was like one of her people. Not one. Yeah. I just think that's really interesting. Me too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's- and we came and we did come across. I remember uh, an uh, an older lady in particular who specifically said that she voted for Stoner last time, but is voting for you this time. Yeah, and so I think that that's. Uh, that we didn't is come key. across any of her people. No, it's I not, it's not like that. But again, that's why, like I said, if you put in the work, it really does make all of the difference. And you know, we. Right. Part of the reason why a lot of things go on in the local areas, the state areas, and of course at the national level in our country is because politics is just not something where people are as thoroughly involved as they should be. And it doesn't mean that you have to you know, live for it, but you have to care about your, especially your local elected officials. If maintaining your community is important to you, then you really should know who is running your community. And the fact that you're so transparent, whether people agree with you or not, I think really speaks volume. Yes. It really means a lot. I appreciate that. So, so it's like, compare us to homeowner associations. I've been to 11 HOAs. I try to go to meetings because I want to know what's going on, obviously. Yeah. Water is one of my favorites, like you mentioned. So, But uh, many of the meetings are very sparsely attended. And they go, how can we get more people at, at our meetings? I go, mess up. If you make some mistakes and, and screw up, then people will come. Yeah, it's true. Fewer people are coming to your meetings. That means people are generally happy. It's true. Yeah. Tell so, people you're going to raise their taxes. They'll get there. Right. I want to give you one other theory. So I'm sorry. I feel so. I think the world has started with a distrust in federal government that has bled down to state government. And now we have that challenge as a local government, even though people know us. I agree. Yeah, well, because there are people at the local level, when you have indictments coming down on our school board, when you have these uh-huh. types of things going on with our sheriff, um, you know, there is plenty of local filth here. There really is. So it's not like it's without any tangible local. We, we see it here, too. 
point. And I think we're just in a different era now. I think that I think that a lot of people are waking up to what's going on, but I can also see the argument being made that once they're aware of it, they, they get so turned off by how things are that they're like, ah, I don't want to be involved with this. It's hard you know? to not understand that. But yeah. but council meetings, somebody walked, here's the happiest, here's one of the best things I heard ever was, I walked out of our meetings, somebody attended our meeting for the first time and says, I've sat and watched your meeting. I don't know who's red and I don't know who's blue. Good. You should, why would you need to know that when you're talking about a city commission? What is it? What policies are you guys writing international law? Like, what is it that you're doing that well, you're, like who can, you, you're talking about community? Yeah, I would think tax rollback uh, people wanting to keep up, go to a rollback rate on the taxes or something like that would, would be a, a strong conservative bent for something. But I agree with you generally, you know, and just how the arguments might be framed. But yeah. for the most part, um, I, I agree with that statement and the level of civility and respect among the five of us who've been trying to noodle out ideas and, um, and we tweak on each other in a good way. I'm very happy. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's nice to know that, that it's not like not every commission is totally like filled with filth. And uh, we know like some are definitely bad and some are not. Definitely. It is what it is. But I think if we put more of an onus on, and let's face it, this is what the GOP does. The GOP focuses local. on a bottom up approach. Local is everything to them. They value the precinct committee leader more than they value the president. That's how I, I, I equate it as, you know, Trump was a phenomenon. Obama was a phenomenon. There was nothing phenomenal about George W. Bush. But what I tell people is that if George W. Bush was in the Democratic Party, he would have had no chance in hell because that bottom, that top, uh, that uh, yeah. top down approach, which is about the sort of almost like Trojan horse leading the charge, that can't be done. And because George W. Bush is the worst president, in my opinion, of my lifetime, uh, he he was only able to get there. Granted, it that was illegitimate. That, yeah, and he was illegitimate. Um, right. Granted, he was only able to get there through the Supreme Court. But the truth is, the the, the way that the GOP structures itself is from bottom the bottom up. up. If we were as non corporate progressives to take on the ideal of everything is local, if you want to change the infrastructure of politics, not just locally but at the state level and throughout the country, you have to care about who your mayor is. You have to care about who your city council is. You have to care about who your county commission is. If you don't care about that, then you're never going to change anything. And to me, and that, guys, we care about our mayor. We do. Thank you. I know. I well, well we, knock on wood, no, we, we care like about that, that position. It matters. It's an important. Yeah. It's an we important the chair. Yeah, guys, if you are currently in, if if you are willing to be some type of a supporter, remember. Even as a local race, you have no idea this race could literally come <laughs> down to a couple of hundred votes and it likely will. Mm -hmm. so, come out and volunteer to work the polls with us. Go to nicksortle.com. You can get involved by phone banking, text banking. If you are local, you can also either join us at the polls or do some additional door knocking, which never hurts. And believe it or not, the best time to do door knocking is when early voting begins yeah. because you have an excuse to knock on a person's door and say, hey, it's early voting. Want to make sure you get out to the rights. Right. People don't mind being reminded of that once the election is underway. And that's why in Florida, we don't have a lot of great things in Florida, but we do have two weeks worth of early voting. So because of that. I already voted. So by mail lady. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I always vote in person, but I always vote early.
Okay. And so I would highly recommend for anyone who wants to get involved, please, please, please give Nick Sortle your support. Yeah. And why? Biggest reason to support Nick Sortle over our current mayor, he does not take the land developer money. We have to get under, we have to get this under control in terms of overdevelopment. We just did not a conflict of interest. Correct. That's it. We would just prefer not to have a conflict of interest or the appearance of impropriety. That's yes. what I'm saying. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, and, and, and the slogan is pick Nick, which I think is really good. And Thanks. I'm not going to mention her name, but let me just tell you to my, feather, my fellow cannabis users, it's a huge disservice to our people. Her name does a huge disservice to our people. I'm just saying, and it's always been a source of disappointment to me. That's, yes. that's, that's the first. My wife told me not to comment. My only comment is that she told me way back when that kids would steal her yard signs. That I understand. That I do understand. Because look, when I was living in Davie and I didn't know anybody before I moved up here and I just saw that name, I originally thought, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, I can get behind right. that. And then I know, now I know her. And now I'm not behind that anymore. But anyway, thank you for coming on, Nick. And and it was fun. It was fun campaigning. And we'll, we'll work the polls for you. We definitely will. Oh, I, one thing I want to add. You can work first thing in the morning. I'm, I'm out uh, sign waving this um, I, different intersections today. I was at the Starbucks at Pine Island and Broward um, on the side. People honking and waving. So that's you, hilarious. You're doing honk and wave. If, if you're. If you um, got the get up and want to get your steps in and do something early to wake up. Yeah, uh, more is thing than mine. I am not. I'm the early morning exercise guy. <laughs> the main, uh, the main uh, polling station is the Plantation Library, I assume? West Regional Library. Um, it, it draws very well. Parking's easy. Um, the, the numbers we show are, are going to be people um, who get their VBM, vote by mail, and drop it. That is definitely of all the polling stations that we worked during Jen's campaign. I would definitely say that uh, the West Regional Library is definitely one of my top places. It's well constructed. It's a, it is. Uh, there's shade. Yeah, there's. It's fairly accessible where you can at least make connection with the voters. Right. So uh, I definitely think it's a good spot. So guys, that's the local spot that can make. A, one a, other quick point for me is Robin was reminiscing. We ran into Corey Cawthorn, who ran for judge in 2018. At the same time, Maria Weeks was running for judge and two or three other people. 2018 was the best time for early voting. The judges were there and the, and the, it was 100 feet instead of 150 feet to interact. And we made we have people that we still talk to every day. I went and watched Maria Weeks get sworn in. We went and watched Corey get sworn in. And we all it's had sort of a little bit of a poll community. I will say it's like it, it could almost be a theme for like a show. It could be like a sitcom, like at the polls. Yeah. And it would be like the same characters every time. Absolutely. And pointed to the guided people at the blue table, the blue people guided people at the red table. Right. Oh, OK, fine. They're over there. Yeah, people are pretty civil. Yeah, they are actually really civil at the polls. Because it was like, you know, bunker theory. So great talking to you guys. Nick, Good a pleasure. See you, Nick. We'll see you soon. All right, I appreciate. It. Take care. Bye. You too, buddy. Do I hang up or you just move me? I, we'll I move got you. you. There you go. <laughs> well, Jen. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Is, uh, decent. What do you mean? I like oh, Nick. He's no, great. Why, hold on. I just want to say because you have to do this. Oh. You need to do that, or won't. Ah. Okay. Like, or because otherwise it'll mean we have to wait for, or he won't. He won't know. It's not a big deal. There you go. He doesn't care. Anyway, so that's Nick. He's a good guy. 
he's just, you know, a regular guy, lives in plantation. He was a journalist. He is just somebody who cares about the community and is just wanting to have transparency and serve truthfully. So, you know, we're always going to get behind that. If you're so inclined and you guys know that our show is doing everything we can to incorporate politics into service. Did you run through the other ones? Not, I, may I, I do my five. thing? Okay, sorry. Go to patreon.com forward slash generational change. For as little as $5 a month, you can support our wonderful little channel that is growing uh, fairly decently. We've had some clips that are getting into the 1,500 to 2,000 view range, which means that we're getting some new subscribers. We've gotten about 100 in the past couple of weeks, which is nice. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll get to that 8,000. Well, we're trying to get to 10,000. I know. That's the mark. That's never, the mark we need. We need to get to 10,000. That's going to allow our channel to get another boost in the algorithm. Me feeling about getting to 10,000 is sort of like how Dan felt after the first Super Bowl. He really thought he would just get back next year. Like that's, I just really never thought it would take this long to get to 10,000. Like I really, well, we like, have been stymied to be fair. You're yeah, of course. And by the, when we started, the algorithm has gotten to where it is now. I mean, it's. So we are going to have a really awesome guest on Wednesday, Roberto Blake. He is a known content creator successfully on YouTube. He's helped a lot of channels. Hopefully he's helping ours. And we will look forward to that conversation. We are also going to be speaking with candidate for mayor as well. Only this town is in Tamarack, Mike Gellin. He is coming on to talk about a very important issue. Huge. That is huge. 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 For which we are going to a protest tomorrow. Yes, we are. Very important protest regarding the safety of our water supply. Uh, Fort Lauderdale, the city of Fort Lauderdale, which it isn't we're our city, but it's our place. Right. Um, Fort Lauderdale is seeking to privatize the water. Imagine that. And lo and behold, people aren't really liking that idea. So uh, we're going to we're going to protest that. But one of the things that's happening as a response to what Fort Lauderdale is doing, apparently, is and I just saw a blurb of this that it said I'm reading it. Vice Mayor of Tamarack, and it didn't even say his name. It just said Vice Mayor of Tamarack is in the process of trying to secede from Fort Lauderdale. Really make it sound like very Civil War-like. It has something to do with Tamaracks. I'm sure their contractor leaves with the city of Fort Lauderdale for, for utilities. Thank you, Matt Whatever. So Tamarack, apparently, which is another city, is now seceding from Fort Lauderdale. So I saw that. And I'm like, wow. I texted him immediately and I'm like, get, we need to get Mike Gellin on the show. Cause that is the vice mayor of Tamarack. And I really like Mike. He's a great guy. He's he a is. friend of the show. So um, we're going to have him on and we're going to get into the nitty gritty as to what the hell is going on with the water in Fort Lauderdale. So is that Tamarack feels the need to secede from the union. Mm. <laughs> like that's it's pretty serious business. Well, when right I see there. the word secede, it's like so intense, but yes. I know it has to do with the water utilities, but so we're going to have him on uh, and talk about the water in Fort Lauderdale. That is what is happening. It's very, very sexy stuff, guys. Completely. So for as little as $5 a month, you can become a supporter of our show, patreon.com forward slash generational change. But if you are thinking about being a little bit more generous, $10 a month is going to get you not only the Lulu sticker, but also I the, the Lulu sticker. mansion I parliamentarian bumper sticker. They're I mean, who ridiculous. I know, they're so ridiculous. The guy who's definitely the most important Can I tell, person. This, this is the result of me being high at night, sitting up in bed with my laptop and playing on Canva. Creative. This is the kind of stuff. So I do stuff like that. And then I'm like, you know, how many people will actually really appreciate that? And I then, of course, if you're sticker. feeling really, really generous. Oh, I did. Oh, Lulu sticker. It fell on the floor. I knew yeah, that happened. Really I've had the worst day, people. 
This is the Lulu sticker, Wait, make, guys. See, she's wearing a generational change collar. It's really cute. That's my Lulu. And you guys, she is really like the little, she's like the little logo. She is. The little doggy. She's that my one true love. And she prances. She her. is a prancer. She's my soulmate. Yeah. <laughs> my kids know where they fall in the pecking order. But just like a fanny ball, as I always say, if somebody was hanging off the edge of a cliff, if it was a dog and a person hanging off the edge of the cliff, you're saving the dog. Yeah, but that's not how it works when it's your kids. <laughs> it's different when it's your kids. Yeah, well, if you had to pick one of your kids, you're picking Lulu. I'm sorry. Well, of, of all of my kids, she's the nicest to me. Yeah. And she's always happy to see me. She's like, she like, and she's the only one that's not from within me. And yet you would think she was like, she would climb right back in. She would just be on me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, uh, if you are a very generous individual, $25 a month Patreon gets you one of the generational change shirts. And we've got a stack of them over here. They're here. So if you really want one, you can have one. And they say generational change on the back, but it's not by any stretch, like an obnoxious looking logo. It kind of just matches the front. Yes. It's really, really awesome. And they're so, really cute. And they're very soft. They are. Yeah, I know. I uh, like our so, shirt, but so are these. Well, these are the same, same brand. And now I'm like pretty brand loyal with that. So I'm just saying going forward, I, I am very big. DM, let me just say your generosity very warrants you a generational change shirt. Yes, absolutely. So if you, message us your address. Yes, I'd be happy please, to send you on. Please email generationalchange at gmail.com. Your specifics. Shirt size, location. And this is the kind of stuff I think. Are you going to take these to your to Naples? Yes. Okay. So, yes. guys, we um, and I'll buy more. We buy these are little um, hygiene kits that they come this way, guys. They come in plastic. I don't don't kill the messenger. Um, it's soap and shampoo and deodorant and it has um, like a comb and it has it's just it's toothbrush. But um, I just generally are, I'm always handing these out. I have them. I keep them in my car. That's the stuff that we do with your money. We make donations to our local community organizations where we know exactly where the money goes. Um, we donated to um, a Halloween, they don't call it a Halloween party, oh, at, at a school that is sort of one of, like, one of the mobile school pantry schools, school right. type of place. Um, and so we just do stuff wherever we can to help around here. But that's the kind of stuff where your money goes. Peter is going to take a box of those hygiene kits. I am going out to Naples and Fort Myers on Friday. So I am going to be, as part of generational change, we are going to be delivering a huge box of these toiletry kits, which is apparently, according to our friend, Alethea, who is- They need toiletry kits. This is, this is what- I know, because everybody gives clothes and everybody right. gives, and, and the other thing people don't realize is that if you don't give things in small usable sizes, people have nowhere to keep things. Correct. So, so that's why it's really cool. So Peter's gonna be taking them out to people who are no longer housed uh, due to Hurricane Ian. Yeah, uh, Alethea also re released a video earlier today. Um, you know, everyone thinks that Naples, and granted, Naples has some of the most expensive real estate in the world, but there's not everybody is rich in Naples. No. And there are. By the way, there's a lot of mobile home communities in and Naples. And they are suffering, suffering. And no one's doing anything. Not that mobile home communities aren't, but just that I'm saying it's not all affluent people. Correct. There's just regular people. In but the, the flooding, it's, it's just, it's terrible. In fact, the wealthy people, they're good. They're good. 
they're already set up somewhere else. It's going to be very inconvenient for them. And I know this because my cousins who live in Kendall went through Andrew and destroyed their entire house. They had to move out for like two years to rebuild their house. Like it was completely inconvenient. And you know what? They were so thankful that they had the means to be able to live how they lived while yeah. it happened. So I'm not saying it's not totally a horrible like ordeal and experience because it is, but not every the people that have a lot of property damage aren't necessarily the people that are going to need the long term support. That's sort of my point. If you don't want to give your life away by putting your credit card through the system <laughs> and being a monthly supporter of of we know of our Patreon, uh, you can go to Cash App dollar sign Gen Change and just contribute whatever you want right now. You won't have to be prodded to do it without your consent going forward. So that would obviously be a huge help. And anything that you can provide obviously will be, uh, you want to help me with my gas money? Uh, that would be nice. What does that have to do with anything? This you is not helping your gas out, money. Well, as, you know, driving out to Naples. You're going out there to visit your father. I'm going out there for multiple reasons. I appreciate that you're bringing supplies with you, but you're not, you're not charging your trip on the business. I can do more than one thing at a time. I know Whatever, you think that people. I can't. Men can't multitask. Oh, I know you can't multitask. Well, um, technically, I am multitasking. We'll see. It hasn't completely happened yet. I'm going to wait and see what happens. We will talk about one final thing before we go. Which is, um, I don't watch Rising anymore. I can't. But I couldn't help myself because there is a new person who is now on Rising, who let's just say is checking a lot of boxes in the haste of being what might as well be a campaign surrogate for Mayo Pete. This could not be more obvious as to what this person was doing on the show. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? Who was on there? This lady's name is uh, our... Was she on with Brianna? No, she was on with Robbie. Oh, he is just... To me, he's just... He's the whitest one. He's unwatchable. He's unwatchable to me. Oh, he's just such a pompous ass. He makes you look kind of like Hood. Wow. And I've lived in the hood, so I mean, no. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, like, he is, that is the whitest person. That is, like, yeah, no, they I've literally, listen, Robbie, if you're watching this, I'm sorry, man, but I it's have. like they literally, you, you you look like you were born in a country club. <laughs> he does. And, and, and just. <laughs> and went to Yale. Yeah. Like, I, he. Not Harvard. No, I don't know why Yale comes from. I don't know why Yale comes from. But yes, it's just, it's, he is. He looks well off. He does. Let's, let's say oh, that in the in the in the genetic uh, male he dominated, white dominated world that we live in, he's done very well. He, when you bathe in Dom Perignon champagne. <laughs> so anyway, this lady came on, and again, it's just I I can't describe it any better than they're trying to make Pete happen. They're trying to make him you know, uh, inevitable. And by talking about him, the the lady re went into this entire reflection of how much Pete means to her and how great of a candidate he was. She mentioned that he won Iowa, which we all know was BS. And on top of that... <laughs> she actually said that now? Yeah, she said... No, she but, said that, now. But, but we know that's not true. But again... That's just facts. But this is a person who's also talking about Pete like he was a good mayor, like he's a good Department of Transportation secretary. He failed as a mayor and he's failing even worse at this. It's not good. 
And what they talk about with Pete is how he speaks. Well, that's why they didn't like Donald Trump. They don't like they they, these are people that they just think they they cannot handle like their feelings being hurt. Like they don't they don't care about facts. They just have to like the package. There is a person who does what you consider to be super bougie Democratic politics in the state of Florida. I'm not going to name the person, but let's just let's just say that this person is fairly affluent and, you know, again, believes in the ultimate neoliberal political viewpoint of the world. That is who this person is. Lives in Tampa Bay, you know, the whole nine yards. And has repeatedly put out polls. Whoever's conducting them, I don't know. And I don't care. But the polls that this person is constantly putting out is suggesting that Kamala Harris would beat Ron DeSantis (laughs) for president. (laughs) I can only surmise who's being polled. I'll tell you the one Clinton thing. Foundation. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing about Ron DeSantis. He doesn't have an organization called the K Hive, which is a collection of bots pretending like the person you're supporting is popular. I I actually I posit, and I've said this. We've talked about it privately. I don't know that I, I'm not like ashamed to say it or anything, but I actually believe, and I'm putting this out there as my theory, and I'd love for somebody to have evidence or whatever. I'd love to know. I posit that the K-Hive is a fiction that is basically, it's basically a group of women from the sorority because that's a very, that sorority. And yes, they are very, they are very strong sorority. They're very coalesced sorority. I can't remember the the letters, but that sorority like that our financial uh, or finance director that we had for a while was part of that. Like there's a sorority. I believe that all the K-Hive is, is those people and bots. I really believe that I there is just a collection real. of people that truly believe that they are better than everybody That's else. true. But I don't that think I that do. they are Kamala Harris supporters. Maybe not. But that's what I'm that saying. The fact that is they, crazy. And the fact that you have to hire a person right now to basically get on there and be a lapdog for Buttigieg. What in the hell are you doing? I mean, I don't even watch They're Rising setting anymore. themselves up for failure. And as far as Rising, well, the reason I don't watch it is because it's not good anymore. But I will give Rising, I'm not even giving Rising credit. One thing I will give credit to are the people in the comments section who were watching it. And they were all saying universally, anyone on here who is slobbering over Pete Buttigieg cannot be taken seriously. And no, they shouldn't be. And he didn't win Iowa. Do we rip the only person I thought of in the moment where this lady was talking about Buttigieg like he was some kind of good mayor? Call Jordan Charity. Please do. Please get him on the freaking show let him and let him you. tell you what kind of mayor he was. Because Jordan went on the ground there and was talking to the people there that actually live there. You know, in what is it, Fort Wayne? Isn't he Fort no, Wayne? No, he's uh, South Bend. South Bend. Sorry, sorry, South Bend. And that kills me because I'm a Notre Dame football Sorry, fan. no offense to Fort Wayne. I know people there. I'm sorry. I, I lived in Indianapolis for a few years. I should know this. But so South Bend. But he wasn't good to them. No. The the like, the 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 least of these were the most screwed of them uh, with Booty Judge. That's that's not that's not progress. 
So no. And I almost feel like regarding Pete Buttigieg, I, you always say these things to me and I have these really creative ideas. I would almost do like a green eggs and ham type of book about no matter how many ways you try to package him, I'm still not going to vote for him. I will not vote for him with a mouse. I will not vote for him on top of a house. I will not vote for him on a train. I will not vote for him in the rain. And like we could have like a children's book saying, I will not vote for Buttigieg. And it's like, how do we get this? You can there package him however you want. And the argument that his supporters will give is well Trump didn't this I don't care about Trump let's not make Trump happen again two things can be true why is it like that's the problem the what about is it is very frustrating Trump's a douchebag no doubt I didn't support him not somebody I picked I predicted it would happen I told people if you don't support Bernie we're going to end up with that nobody listened to me but I didn't like him that you know but like Judge. Is they're literally trying to like package him and tell him he's the most Manchurian Clinton esque candidate. Like I, how do, do people not understand how this works? <laughs> like, Pete Booty Judge, if he was like a NASCAR driver, he's Team Clinton. So is Kamala. Kamala and Pete are the same team. They work for the same people. So that that group of people right now is desperately grasping to figure out what they can do to put up a representative in the election in 24 because they don't have anybody else because they're vapid shills. But yeah, Team Booty Judge is Team Clinton. And I, again, green eggs and ham. Not... Not like, like I, I want to. I, I just want to know. I mean, maybe I should have looked a little deeper. I just want to know who is conducting the poll, multiple polls that says that Kamala Harris beats Ron DeSantis. That is. I hilarious. mean, that's like, come on. That is a sycophant of. Although it's like, what's his name the other day that was talking crap about uh, about Nina on TV? Uh, Paul Begala. Oh, Begala. Begala. Oh whatever that guy was saying. It's that sycophantic. Like, if you're actually putting out information, there is not a universe. Wherein Kamala Harris would even come close to Ronda's. Like, she wouldn't even win a state. Well, let's not be too hasty. Oh. <laughs> you're being, Jen, just don't be like, you're, now you're just sounding like a hater of the Democrats. No, she just, she's so vapid. Let's put it this way What states would Kamala Harris win against? Uh, she'd win California. She'd win uh, Illinois. Yeah, she would know. win New York. She would win, you know, probably Massachusetts. She would probably win, if we're being completely fair, 10 states. And I want to say that the popular vote will be a crush against her. Yeah. It but it's be, not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. But that's something. You, you're right. In the Electoral College, Dirtbag leftist, I don't know what universe you're living in. What universe are you living in? Okay. Elizabeth Warren, she blew her wad. She's done. She's Come done. on, man. She's done. I know, you're, sm I know you're smarter than that, bro. Oh, I know God, you no. are. She, didn't she, did she not? I forget what she did I just, in her I own can't, state. I just, she did horrible. I feel like I'm living in a horror movie. Did like she not did. even win her own state? No, she didn't. I can't <laughs> believe I'm, li it's like I'm living in a horror movie. It's like, we see. Oh, he says he's kidding. Okay, thank God. You're going to cause him to stroke. You people don't understand that he, he's crazed. No, but I feel like this I'm in a horror movie. It's like, I feel like I'm trying to warn people about DeSantis from a mile away. And they're like, oh no, it's totally not going to happen. And, the, and the thing serious. is, like, this is the same people who thought I was crazy when I told them that it, had, it was going to be Bernie or Trump. They cannot And they weren't listening. This. And they're like, no, we got to get behind Hillary. It's so much more practical. We need to be central. We have to, in the center, we have to appeal to the moderates. How'd that work out for you? 
Uh, well, I don't have a mask for it, but I'm going to do this. Don't. Who are you going to do? Wait. Because Mario said he would contribute to our show if we did this. Uh-oh. What is it? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? What is it? What is Mario, he saying? Where is your, where You're is not going to turn down Mario anyway. I can't. Mario's too good to our show. <laughs> Uh, Wait, who did he say is unfuckable? Who was that? Watch your mouth. I'll watch it. I can see it right there. What did... Mario, where is your statement? He doesn't let me read the comments. He, he's like comment commando. And what's so really annoying, and it, couldn't, it wouldn't even be difficult because even though we're both left-handed, I actually use my right hand on the mouse. I use my right hand on the mouse. I'm just no, on the right hand. No, because I'm on sitting the left here. Hand. Mario, put the comment up again, if you can. Mario, do you know how many times I have to retext him the same thing over and over again? Seriously. Anyway, last thing, uh, small business. Uh, well, no, what, and, and, and again, my point is you're trying to make Buttigieg happen. No. People are tired of this. They're tired of being treated like they're dumb. Well, you'd have to be. If you would think that there's any chance in the world that he could win, but this is the Kamala difference. Would do better than him. But this is the difference between Metaopoly and Jason Rodriguez and 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 and, um, and uh, Turkey Day and you know people that are either conservative, libertarian. You know what the difference is between the right and the left? On the right, they go after their leaders. They don't go after their fellow voters. On the left, they go after their fellow voters for not just doing they what they're going to say. I never see it. No matter how bad Pelosi or even when Pelosi refused to bring the vote to the floor on the banning stock trading bill. Oh, I hate when he does that one. It makes me think on the banning stock trading bill. And they even in that moment, they almost. They know it's wrong. But they when they when people joke because part of it's a joke, but part of it's serious about this idea that the Democratic Party is the is still the plantation party, where people can't get they're literally slaves to the party and they can't get off the plantation because they know their 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 masters, if you will, are evil sons of bitches and they don't want to call them out. And even when it's in their face and they know it's criminal behavior, they, they, well, maybe if we ask them nicely, that they should stop not trade. talking about black people. He's talking about Democrats. We're talking about the fact that people who vote Democrat are never calling the, the people who believe that the world is coming to an end if we allow Republicans to take power. Yes. Are ones who know that the Democrats are screwing over working people and they don't have it in them to tell them that what they're doing is wrong. Come on, let's just what you equate it to the abusive parent who no it's like spouse abuse yeah well the one parent abuses the child and the other comes over with a bowl of ice cream oh well but it's not necessarily have to be abused but one parent's a disciplinarian and the other person is like the fun parent or an enabler an enabler. and so in this case you have a lot of voters on the, on the democratic side that are total enablers they know what pelosi and by hunter biden and all these all of it they but know. trump but they know that what Trump and, and Jared Kushner and all that, they know that they all do the same thing. This is not a secret. They all do the same thing. They all get along. They're all in it together. The image it's of Pelosi. It's a small club. And yeah, you're not in, and you're club. not invited when you have the picture of Pelosi and McConnell fist bumping. That is our American political system in a nutshell. Oh, you're right. Oh, definitely. 
Oh, for sure. Absolutely, Mario. See, he doesn't let me read the comments as they come up. He gets, he's like, gets very controlling with that. Lol, let me tell you, you're going to bring, going to bring the Republicans and the Democrats together? Because to make it great. Mario, I want to make sure that you're working extra hard. Because I was governor of California, California for seven years. Governor, did, did you call yourself the governor? I want to pump you up with my votes. <laughs> Did you vote for Al when he was governor of California? No, but my friend worked for you. My, uh, our friend worked for him, you know. Who was your friend? Sherry Ennis. Oh, Sherry Ennis. <laughs> she had the great anus. No. I want to make sure all the people come together. Mario, how much of a donation is that worth to you? I got to find out. Oh, my God. I want to get God to the chopper. So that's why the governor's here. Governor. Okay. I'm going to destroy all of the evil Republicans and Democrats in politics. They're all over California. They're destroying the so environment. Is, is the point of your rant that the Democrats can't get out of their own way? No. Is the point of your rant that uh, my like my green eggs and ham with Pete Buttigieg? I've told the Americans. They can people, sell them as many times as they want. I am a reformed individual. I have done a lot of great things. Did you know that my father was a Nazi? My father was a Nazi. He was part of the Hitler Youth. All right. Now you've got to stop. But I come over here to America to find my dreams. And I made it possible. Do you know how I did it? I terminated all of the bad guys. I went full commando. I destroyed the Predator. I had a twin who was half my size. You know what? I had total recall. And then I terminated them again. The handshake thing is real. All, All decent politicians have a firm handshake. That's a real thing. That's legit. I would venture to say that anybody who's probably and maybe with Joe, I don't know, Joe's kind of out of it these days, but they all do. And an inordinate amount of them are left handed. I'm just saying I'm left handed. I'm left handed. But but it's 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 a very disproportionate. (laughs) It's a disproportionate amount of people that were president that were left handed in terms of how many left handed people are in the universe. There's been a lot more. I told you I'd be back. They also tend to be psychopathic. No. But I also drive a Humvee. But actually, I don't drive the Humvee anymore. You know why I don't drive it no more? I don't know. See, now you're losing it. Because it's bad for the environment. Oh, yeah. I care about the environment. That's what I'm fighting for right now. You get to fight for it, too. Do I don't the, like Hummers. But do you know the worst job I ever had? I, I was a kindergarten cop. Oh, my God. Policing those kids is very dangerous. Left-handed people are evil. I don't know that we're evil, yes. but we definitely we definitely have a little naughty. I don't think we're evil. They used to think that, though. Like, my uncle, they would tie his hand down. My great uncle, they would tie his Slap left hand the down. Hand. They would t- yeah. No, they would just tie it down so he couldn't use it. Like, yeah. ter- like ridiculous. By the way, that really screws with the brain. Go figure. Yeah, it does. Yeah, of course it does. Like, that's just ridiculous. That's why I... I'm such a ardent supporter of the separation of church and state. I thought you were going to say, I'm such an ardent supporter of lefties. Oh, I am a big supporter of I'm lefties. I'm a big supporter of lefties. Yeah, well, how could you not be? And of course, our small business neighbor, Apex Insurance Agency, Home, Auto, and Life. Check them if out. If you are so inclined, they are based in Delray Beach. Anything that is local is always good because a small business is what grows the local economy. And in this case, if you guys need any assistance with your insurance, Lord knows in Florida... A lot of us do. We want to give Apex Insurance Agency a call. They will give you a great deal. 
and you'll be helping the local economy. We should set something up so that we could say, tell them that we sent you and just see like how many people, like just to see like a response, not for like any special thing, but just to see like if we could establish if there's any link. We should always say that. I'm yeah. just putting that out there, like our own little like research. So Mario, tell what do Jen I- Jen and Pete sent you. Yeah, tell them Jen and Pete sent you. I like that. So yeah, support <laughs> your local small business. So Mario, what are we getting for that? I think I did a pretty good, a decent Trump. Uh, Trump. I think I did a decent. Uh, he does Arnold. a decent Arnold. I just don't like it because he does it so over the top. Because it is kind of an over the well, top. Arnold is over the top. Well, he is and he isn't. He is in the movies. In real life, he is not. So it's the character of him versus yeah. No, but I, and the thing is, is that before he was governor, I never really had an issue with him. I, I liked him, and and even as a governor, it's like. In the realm of the world, he was just pretty moderate. Um, but I, I always kind of, like, I liked Arnold. I never had a, like, I didn't dislike him. I didn't think he was, like, a horrible person. And then the thing with the kid really bothered me, that he just sort of, like, d didn't acknowledge having one. Yeah. That really bothered me. Like, I thought, okay, yeah. you know. And it was, yeah, it just was icky to me. And it really, and I know you don't know people's personal stuff, but it was just really, it kind of grossed me out about him. I still can't believe he was governor of California. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Donald I mean, Trump was president. Ronald Reagan was governor of California. Ronald Reagan was president. He was. And in many people's eyes, he's one of the best. And they are delusional. The truth is, I don't think there have been any great presidents. That's the truth. I don't agree. I know. You don't have to. I think they've all been just okay people that had most of them their own little agenda or their class agenda that they were fighting for. And most of them happenstance ended up where they did through either privilege or birth or wherever. Very few of them, it wasn't Let's that Let's put way. it this way. We've had 46 presidents in our nation's history. How many of them could we honestly say really did a solid job in that role? It's less than 10. I can tell you that much. And that's, and that's, and again, but, but, and then you're, you have to deal with what does that even mean? Sure. I mean, I, uh, I think I think means. Washington definitely earned his uh, his stripes. It went but, downhill from there. Really, uh, it did. That was the that was like the the first and the only president that wasn't partisan. That's the only president that didn't run for a second term based on not thinking that anybody should be king. Third term. No, he only did one term. Did two. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> So anyway, apparently um, he's sure, but like he didn't take more. He was the only I don't know. He and it went, I think it's gone downhill from there. He didn't want and he didn't really want a second term. He took it and he wasn't challenged. That's one thing also about President Washington is and he never wanted to be known as president. He, he didn't wanted, want to be called king. Wanted to be called General Washington. And I don't blame him. General. You know who else wanted that moniker is Eisenhower. Eisenhower didn't like being called president. He liked being called general. And I don't blame him. I, I would find that to be much more honorable. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, what he was able to accomplish. And Eisenhower. Is, I think you should be too, Jason. And Eisenhower is one of our best presidents. And so. He definitely had a, a good amount of foresight. Yeah, he did. And I am, and I am partial to, to people that have served. And not only that, but well, Eisenhower was the first president who forced integration. He made it happen. Brown versus Board of Ed. Especially he didn't want to, mind you. Don't don't make guys read Margaret Kimberly's book, Presidential. It's brilliant. And you can actually don't even have to read it in order. It's each chapter as a president. No, none of them did it out of the kindness of their heart. None of them did it out of what it was right. FDR All said it best. Make me do it. 
Well, so don't don't be like, you know, propping up Eisenhower based on like civil no. rights. I'm just saying. No. And I mean, look, there was a lot of great things that Kennedy did in the short time he was president. And he, of course, he was he is the inflection point of our nation's history. He decided that he was going to go in a different direction than the machine. And the machine said, do it our way or you're a dead man. And he decided to do it his way and he became a dead man. And ever since then, it's basically just been going downhill. People not be people not willing to do what is necessary. And so here we are. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that was the last time you had a president uh, getting rid of thinking about dismantling the deep state, saying, I think we're going to take some power away from the guys over at the CIA. And then he got dead. That's what happened. Thank you, Mario. Very much appreciated. Oh, that's so nice. Glad you enjoyed it. And for those of you who are here this evening, we really appreciate your support. We really appreciate you watching. Really appreciate you commenting. Uh, We're going to have, like I said, Roberto Blake is coming on the show uh, on Wednesday. Uh, that'll be a great conversation. Hopefully learn a few oh, wait, tricks. Oh, wait, you get Mike to come on too? Mike Ellen is coming on as well. Okay. So Wednesday will be a great show. Uh, this will be uh, something Jen will like to hear. On Monday, we will finally have Jamal Thomas. He will be coming on. He's not going to fall asleep. Not this time. He'll be well prepared. And then hopefully on most likely what I will assume will be Wednesday. I'll just have to confirm it with Jordan. Charitin of Status Quo will eventually get his butt on here to talk about the importance of what's going on. It's hard to Albany. compete with the Yankees. Yep. Well, they're going to rain the I can't with the Yankees. The New York Yankees. Costanza! Can't stand you! <laughs> Brett Bolt, George. There's nothing more satisfying than you have to say. Nothing but the table. Cotton uniforms. Yes. Thank you very much. Oh, we, we're getting two comments. And someone else that we have just recently... Yeah, Carrie, be here more often. Yeah. Um, Someone else you just got for me, I messaged him, is Beth Macy, who is the author of a book that I'm reading called Raising Lazarus. That's her most recent book. But you guys might know her as the author of Dope Sick. She's the one who actually wrote, um, I believe she wrote the book, Revolutionary Blackout. No, who's that? I don't know that one. I'll look it up. So, um, we're going to get to talk with her. And if you guys have not seen Dope Sick, if you have access to Hulu, um, Dope Sick is really good. And she is coming on the day after the election. Okay, so that'll be we'll have a that'll be fun. And just, yeah, highly recommend. Yeah. And this book is a follow up to Dope Sick. It's like what Dope Sick is about the Sackler family and the opioid epidemic and how it was purposeful and targeted. And it what they, the, their whole purpose was to get people addicted and stuck. So this is a, the dope sick was about that. And then this book, Raising Lazarus, is sort of like what's happened uh, with this in the in the industry, which is basically like harm re- reduction and, and needle exchanges and like where we are with this now with an opioid addicted country. Because, yeah, you know, as much as the, the Sackler family should be in prison, they should be in prison. And instead, they lost some money, which I think they probably hid their money. But anyway, um, there is still a lot of work to be done with the opioid crisis in this country. And that's what raising Lazarus is really about, like the, what has happened since that. And um, it's very informative. So that'll be a really good discussion. And we haven't really talked about that. We haven't really talked about like the opioid epidemic, have we? No, and again, that's an example of the people in this country that really run the show, and the Sacker family are definitely one of them, and they spend a lot of money on politics. So, needless to say, 
It's not the person, it's not the party, it's the machine and the people who fund it. And those are people who fund it and they fund it very well. Yeah, no, they should be in prison. They're disgusting. Yeah, forever. And I do like that, like the museums have taken their names down and stuff, because to them, that is like a, a, a slight, like, you know, like to me, it wouldn't make a difference. But that when people that are that wealthy, that's the kind of thing that like sticks with them. It's like the end of their legacy. They're disgusting. Jason, Jason with all due respect, there is an opioid crisis. Come to South Florida. It's very real. Oh, no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with legal or illegal. These are people that are addicted to opioids. This is like, this is an epidemic. It's an epidemic. It is like a syndrome. It is, this is not just like drug user type people sitting in an alley somewhere. This is everybody. There are people in all walks of life that are dealing with opioid addiction. Try telling people that live in West Virginia that there's no opioid. And, and especially amongst like working people in mining communities, because those are the kinds of places that the Sacklers specifically targeted. And it's everywhere now. Everywhere now. There's been like a million people have died from opioid addiction, from overdoses. And it's like, this is a real, th like more people die from that than it's like, than gun violence every year, than all sorts of things. And, and nobody's really doing anything about it. And because the it. Democratic Party is completely captured by corporate money, particularly when it comes to private insurance and big pharma, they cannot address this issue because the only way to address it is to have a universal healthcare system and take the power away from the big pharmaceutical industry. They will not do it. And you are allowing the GOP to swoop in and scoop it. And that's the way it works. But you're literally seeing them fighting over the issues of harm reduction. There are literally people yeah. that are fighting. It's like, don't give them clean needles. Don't provide safe places for them to detox. Don't get them the anti-addiction. Um, There's like different treatments that they have for it in different places. Don't give them that. They did this to themselves. That kind of crap. It's like. You have no clue whatsoever. This is, we're so far past that. This is regular people that were purposefully led into addiction by Big Pharma, by the Sackler family and, and, and what other, other drug pushers in their industry. Well, well, we will speak with Beth Macy on Wednesday the 9th. On Tuesday the 8th, we will do an election night recap. Uh, we'll do all that wonderful stuff Um Next few weeks is going to be interesting. We'll get a lot of local candidates on. We should probably keep it to pretty much all local candidates at this point. But, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Another great local candidate, Mike Gellin, running for mayor of Tamarack, which is just north of our district, but very close. Uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, um, so we're doing a double whammy with him because he gets to come on as a candidate, but he also gets to come on and talk about the Fort Lauderdale water problem. Yes. Big, it's nice big, to have friends in certain places. Huge issue. Huge issue. So that said, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for your support. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.